Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We have Daryl Ryder. Daryl, tell everyone where they can find you before we start. Uh, I am uh, the Browns guy at 92.3 The Fan here in Cleveland. I'm also the co-host with my partner, Andy Baskin, of, uh, I guess, the co-podcast, sister podcast, brother podcast, whatever. It's always game day in Cleveland. Not Buffalo, not Cincinnati, not Seattle. It's it's always game day in Cleveland. So that's uh, where you can find me. Thank you for joining us uh, so we can talk today about essentially some division rival stuff that should be fun. But we want to, this is a way to interrogate you on the other side right now. So we're going to start with a little bit of interrogation interrogation because we want to know what's going on over there in Brown's land. So the first thing we want to know is uh, Coach Stefanski. Now, you know, I, I have to assume that, you know, there are some high expectations for him and that this year is going to be critical in terms of what he does from a coaching perspective. There's a lot of talent when you look at the roster. Uh, and I feel like that this is going to be the make or break year, a lame duck season of sorts for Coach Stefanski over there. I could be wrong, but that's why we have you here. We want to know what you think in terms of his job security uh, for 2023 and beyond. Well, he enters year four of his five-year contract when uh, he was hired back in 2020. I call this a put-up-or-shut-up year for the Cleveland Browns because, as you mentioned, this roster, this is not a situation where maybe 10 years ago I would look at the Browns roster and I would just say uh, they, they have nothing. Like there, there, there are no marquee players at the marquee positions that are required to be an elite football team. They have that. You, you look at uh, from Miles Garrett to Denzel Ward to Deshaun Watson to Amari Cooper to Nick Chubb to the offensive line. Um, it, it, it's very hard to argue that the Browns have a talent deficiency. One of my biggest criticisms of them uh, the last two years is the fact that they underperformed, at least from my perspective. Obviously, they had some challenges, Baker Mayfield getting hurt in 2021. And then last year with Deshaun Watson's off-the-field situation, he was suspended the first 11 games. But the bottom line is that they played well enough uh, as a team, Jacoby Brissett, as the number two quarterback played well enough for them to be a contender. 
and they just did not do their job and get it done, especially on the defensive side of the ball and on special teams. And that's why Kevin Stefanski made two big changes this offseason. He fired Joe Woods as his defensive coordinator, and he brought in Jim Schwartz uh, to take over. He fired- the Bulls on, baby. Yep. <laughs> he fired Mike Pree for his special teams coordinator, and he went ahead and he brought in Bubba Ventrone from the Indianapolis Colts. So I think that those two moves alone potentially could save Kevin Stefanski's job this year to give you some perspective of how desperate he is as a coach, maybe desperate's the wrong word, but how in tuned he is to how important this season is. Uh, we're all packing our bags for West Virginia Saturday to start training camp for the first eight days. They're not starting in Berea, Ohio. Of course, the Browns are have reported earlier along with the New York Jets because they're in the hall of fame game. So uh, we will have the world's longest training camp, seven weeks of practice football. But that's how important this season is to Kevin Stefanski, that he realizes I got to get these guys out of their comfort zone, away from distractions. We're going to go to the Greenbrier in West Virginia where I can have their undivided attention uh, away from family, friends, and like I said, the other distractions that come with being uh, you know, part of the National Football League. Daryl, how did we get here to where we're talking about Stefanski on the hot seat? I mean, you think back to 2020, he was coach of the year, and it looked like the Browns were turning things around. And you mentioned some of the things that kind of slowed them down a little bit, Baker, his injuries, and his exit, the Deshaun Watson situation. But, I mean, I, I, I thought it's crazy how at one point we looked at Stefanski as one of the you know young, bright coaches in the league to now it's like, He's fighting for his job. And I think when you look at the Browns, you I think what worked for him at one point was obviously sticking with the run game, going with Nick Chubb and that duo with him and Kareem Hunt at the time. Obviously, Kareem Hunt isn't there anymore. But are, do you get surprised when you see Stefanski kind of go away from the run game the way that he has the last couple of years, especially considering how dominant Nick Chubb can be? No, I, I don't get surprised because I understand the the methodology behind what he is uh, as, doing as a head coach and as a play caller because he serves that dual role, uh, similar to guys like Andy Reid. Um, and that has always been a hotly contested thing among fans here in Cleveland. And I just I just to say, hey, a lot, lot of head coaches in the league call their own offensive and, and defensive plays. That That's not the issue. The issue is, are you connecting with your players on a level where you get the most out of them. And I just ne- I just didn't feel that Stefanski the last couple of years has done that. The year that they won 11 games, made the playoffs, were literally one, two, maybe three plays away from the conference championship game. That was the COVID year. That was where all you had was football. And nobody was allowed in the building. Nobody was allowed around the team. So they were forced to be in this bunker. And I don't think it's a secret that that is ended up being the Browns most successful uh, campaign since their reincarnation in 1999, because all of these distractions just, they they weren't allowed to be there. And lo and behold, they ended up having uh, a a very memorable and and successful season. So um, I I don't know that it, it, and I'll say this, they're going to run less this year. <laughs> Sean Watson's going to throw the football 35 times a game. Get ready. Yeah, I mean, that, that they're paying him $46 million a year, right? Um, and so it, that's okay. 
what what you need to do though is maximize the touches make sure the situations are right that the that you don't allow the game to force you into certain situations uh where you just have to get away from the run game when you do want to um the year that the browns made the playoffs in 2020 they had such a great formula and that was basically get ahead by halftime and then we're just going to ground and pound you into submission in the third and fourth quarters with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And they would literally alternate the running backs. One or two series would be Chubbs. Then here comes Kareem Hunt for the next two series. Okay, you get your breather. Chubbs fresh again. Here you go. Stop us if you can. And they and teams could not do that. Uh, and the Browns' defense w- was able, obviously, to be adequate enough. He tried replicating that formula in 2021. And as you know, it's a league of evolution. And they couldn't replicate that. Baker Mayfield got hurt early in the season. He tried to gut it out. God bless him with that, uh, you know, dislocated, non-throwing shoulder. And it just, it, it, it didn't happen. He, he played poorly the entire season and the team suffered as a result. And they wasted a really good defense. There was, in fact, Browns, Ravens in Baltimore. I think they created five turnovers in that game and they lost yeah. to the Ravens. Um, it was an ugly, ugly game, but the defense did everything they could to beat the Baltimore Ravens and, and did something to Lamar Jackson that not many teams are able to do to him. And that is force him into turn. They couldn't win the game, uh, last year, uh, again, defensive breakdowns were the issue the, the, I called it the Spider-Man meme defense. Oh, was that you? Is that me? What, what happened? Oh, well, this happened. So you were supposed to do this and not that. And, and so it became, uh, paralysis by analysis on that side of the ball. Well, Joe Woods gone, and now Jim Schwartz comes in. Jim Schwartz is a, hey, stop worrying about the other 10 guys around you. You do your job. You kick the butt of the guy that's in front of you. You're a corner. You stop your man that you're, that you're covering, and everybody else will take care of itself. And I think that that is going to alleviate a lot of the problems. So the issues the last couple of years go a lot deeper than just that run pass split that you were referring to. You mentioned um, Deshaun Watson not long ago, um, because obviously you, you, you expect him to throw more because he's getting paid $46 million. So uh, this is the part where I bring my my, my cup of tea, because I, I, I would like to have the tea <laughs> on what's going on with the Browns uh, <laughs> in terms of what it is that you guys expect. Let me sip some of this. Okay, that was good. Um, what do you guys expect from the Browns this season? Because we obviously know that Deshaun Watson did not play a full season last year. So this is going to be his first full season as quarterback uh, for the Cleveland Browns. You guys have gotten uh, upgraded at the wide receiver position. Obviously, you got Amari Cooper and you got um, the guy from the New York Jets in a trade as well. Elijah Moore. And so, you know, obviously you still have Nick Chubb who plays at a very high level. So Jones too, who was great last year. Oh yes, absolutely. People's Jones for sure. Um, So what is it that you, you guys expect in terms of how this team is both offensively and defensively, because you also mentioned how the defense basically was underwhelming last year, but you have players on defense. You, I mean, obviously miles Garrett is, 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 a f- fantastic player, but now with the changes made and now with Deshaun playing his first full season, what do you expect from the Browns? Well, it, it, to me, it starts and ends with Deshaun Watson. 
if he does not play at an elite level, this team is not going to live up to expectations. I don't know if they're going to win the division. Uh, they haven't done that since 1989, so I have stopped predicting the Browns to win division titles. Uh, and quite frankly, they, they don't matter as much as they used to. All they get you is a home playoff game, and as long as you get in the tournament, you got a chance. I mean, you get wild card teams winning the Super Bowl all the time now, so it's just about getting in the tournament. And my expectation for them is that they do make the playoffs this year. I think the AFC North is going to be one of the most competitive, if not the most competitive division in, in, in the league. Uh, I, I think all, all four teams will finish above 500. Uh, the schedule is really bizarre this year for the Browns um, in, in the fact that they will not they, they play three of the first four games against the division. And then like between mid-November until the season finale against the Bengals, they play nobody in the AFC North. It is just really, really bizarre. But yeah, it, it's a playoff or bust type of expectation for me with this roster. You mentioned some of the uh, offseason additions uh, that they made. Um you know, Marquise Goodwin, uh, they signed him as a free agent from Seattle. They traded their top draft pick to the New York Jets to bring in Elijah Moore to give Watson a, a, a more versatile target to throw the football to. Amari Cooper is still the number one receiver on this team. Donovan Peoples-Jones really emerged last year as a possession receiver. Look, th this draft class, like Cleveland used to live and die by the draft. It was the annual Super Bowl for Browns fans. This draft class, meh. Like they're, they're, you know, Cedric Tillman, their their top pick in the third round. Uh, I don't know what. I have no idea what to expect from any of these draft picks. They're all three to seventh rounders, and quite frankly, they're not going to be dependent upon to carry this team and to have major impacts. They're at most they're going to be role players, and quite frankly, that's what they should be. Um, so uh, the Zadarius Smith trade uh, late in the off season. Uh, I thought was a fantastic move. They literally gave up nothing to bring this guy in to replace Jadavian Clowney and be that bookend uh, for Miles Garrett because that was the whole philosophy with bringing in a, a guy like Jadavian Clowney a few years ago was to take some of those double and triple teams that Garrett would command and take some of that attention away so Garrett could get more one-on-one -on -one matchups uh, that he could win. So um, I, I think that uh, also, too, with the improvements on the defensive line uh, that they made, they spent a little money there. Dalvin Tomlinson, they brought him in uh, as a free agent. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that it's hard for me to say the Browns are deficient from a roster standpoint. They have what they need to win. All they need to do is just go out there and get it done. Start winning football games.